everybody. This is Kate. And this is Mr. A. And welcome to the Popcorn and Nacho Podcast. Where we talk all films you should see ASAP. So this week we are going to be talking about, I think, one of our favorite comedy films, or at least one of our favorite comedic films. Honestly, not even very comedic films. I think one of my, our favorite films in general. Like, yeah, I guess I really that's really that true. Uh, so we're going to be talking about Napoleon Dynamite. Um, it's a very, like hit indie comedy that just I think is it's very much become like um I don't a cult know if, classic. Yeah, a cult classic. Yeah, yeah. I actually read that online. It, it it seems to be called a cult film. It has a cult following, which um I, I don't know. I mean I I love cult films period, but I actually feel like this film shouldn't be called a cult film because uh, I don't think so either. It's really a good film that everyone should watch and see. And I think most people have seen it um, and think it's hilarious. So so the synopsis is best we can describe. We'll describe more about that later. But um, basically, there's this teenager, very awkward, socially awkward <laughs> teenager named Napoleon Dynamite, played by John Heater, <laughs> who really kind of lives a very mundane life. Like, not a whole lot happens. Um, he gets bullied quite a bit. Um, but he doesn't really care about all that. He just kind of like lives out his life normally and he doesn't seem to mind it um but then something happens to his uh, what is it his grandma right his grandma yeah his so napoleon uh lives with his older brother kip and they live with their grandmother and we're really not given any context regarding what has happened to his parents and it's really not relevant to the story and grandma goes on a trip uh, leaves the boys at home. Doesn't exactly up, say what the trip is. <laughs> yeah, I think she goes on a trip to like hang with her boyfriend, and they're going ATVing, and she ends up having an accident. Uh, yeah, she ends up like breaking her, her knee or something, no, right? Or spraining her her coccyx cox, or something. Yeah, like that she breaks something. She's in the hospital, and thus we are introduced to the fabulous character of Uncle Rico Played by John Grease. Yes, is that is how you yes. pronounce his name. And really, number one thing we like uh, th- about this movie is that it's not really structured like in the typical sense of like there's like a three act structure, you know, like there's not a concrete beginning, middle, or an end, right? Because there's a lot of different subplots from this point forward. Yes, like, he meets this. Um, he he has a friend called Pedro, played by Efren Ramirez. Yes, and you know he decides to run for president of the school. Right. So that's going on. And then again, Uncle Rico and Kip are making this. What is? What even is their business again? It's so <laughs> insane. I don't remember what uh, it is. So Uncle Rico is kind of like always. I think he's one of those people. I think he's always doing those business ventures. So they go out and they're selling, like I think a Tupperware set is what they're selling. Right. So he gets Kip involved because Kip wants to make a little bit of money on the side and. You know, uh, another thing that's going on is Kip it has an online relationship with this woman who we eventually meet uh, later on, whose name is LaFonda. So, uh, <laughs> uh, and, and then there's the part where they go to like a Taekwondo place to like check it out, and we're introduced to uh, Ta- what is it, Taekwondo Rex or Taekwondo Rex or something? Yeah, like I saw that. that. Um, God, he's a right. <laughs> oh my God, he was—he's just hilarious. And we'll talk a little bit more about his character. And then there's also this other teenage girl that comes by named Deb, played by Tina Majorino. I hope I'm—I hope I'm not the narrator. Yeah, mm-hmm. bought so many names, but um, yeah, um, she basically like, comes along and she's selling like she's a door-to-door like beauty like 
She's like, I don't even know what she's doing. So, yeah, she kind of is a business entrepreneur herself. She does photos and she's selling like these little keychain things that she makes. And that's actually how she kind of meets Napoleon. Is she's trying to sell some of those little things and to then, make money for college. And then as Napoleon describes it, she leaves all her crap on the porch. <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of how, like, they get to start talking to each other a little bit more. And, you know, yeah, yeah. Like, because she meets up with Pedro and then, like, they right. end up putting, like, right. a little you know, friendship triangle on the film. So, yeah, there's a lot of different subplots going on here. But for some reason, like... If you watch the film, because when we're describing it, you're like, how does this film make any sense? Like, how does this flow naturally? But, like, somehow when you're watching it, it just it does. It just does, yeah. yeah. Like, I really feel like what you're doing is this film is very, very simple. It's about very simple characters kind of just living their everyday lives. There's nothing crazy that happens, right? There's not a ton of, like, action or... Anything crazy, yeah, no. you know, it's it's very just, like, take a snippet in the life of this kind of awkward, kind of nerdy yeah, character. Awkward social outcast. Yeah, yeah and, his, and, and just kind of his friends and what they do and how they hang. And I think there's almost something endearing about that. And I think another thing is I think that um, there's, in the movie, we can, I guess, like, kind of relate to that in I a way. I think so, too. Because I think we've all, you know... Um, most of us have been in a place where we are very socially awkward. We're not, like, you know, up there with other people. Yeah, I think I agree with you. Like, I really think that the character of Napoleon, um, Deb's character, Pedro's character, I think they're all people that we can definitely identify with. And I think all of us have been there and have, you know, felt that way. But I think what I really love about the film is each of these characters are true to themselves. Right. Never once do they change who they are because of the way that people see them or perceive them. They are who they are. And I think that's another thing that makes it just so endearing. Right. Because, like, the whole thing with Napoleon, like, he's... Like he does whatever I feel like. Gosh, <laughs> it's like he doesn't ever like care about what other people like perceive him as. Exactly. Like he's just content with who he is, and I yeah. think there's something very like that's cool. Exactly, that's and really like cool. you know, Pedro comes. Um, you know, I got the sense that you know he moves to this town. His family is from Mexico. And, you know, he just decides he's going to run for class president. I mean, he just makes that decision. Yeah. And, you know, I don't really know if a lot of us would just be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to run for class president. <laughs> you know, we've moved into a new town. Nobody really knows us. Um, and, and he goes for it. And Napoleon is behind him 100 um, percent, as is Deb. And I think that's the other thing that's really endearing about the film is the friendships. Right. Um, and just how how much they actually really care about one another. Um, even even Uncle Rico's character in a weird way, even though he's oh boy, he's he's an interesting he's an interesting guy. And like that's another thing I like about this movie. There is no real bad guy. I mean, Pedro is definitely no. the most antagonistic of the group, but even though he's not really a bad guy, like he's yeah. just very you know he's very selfish. He's very like greedy. But like I feel like in a way, I think. Like, anyone, everyone's kind of been like that before a little bit. I mean, I guess you could... I mean, I, I don't even think, like, the, I don't like even, the more I don't, popular kids in the film. I think it's the summer girl. Right. And I forgot what the the blonde guy's name is. But even they're not really and, that bad. And that's another thing that ties into, like, what you were saying earlier about the endearing characters. Like, they're all human. Like, none yeah. of them are, like, very, like, 
black and white. None of them are like treated as like, okay, this is the clear good guy, this is the clear bad guy. No, these are all people just living their lives, yeah. and it's just that's exactly what it kind of reminds me of. Just a snapshot in the life of um, some people in this very very small town. Um, so kind of talking a little bit about this film and really where it comes from. It's very interesting background. It is, actually, yeah. And I think it's a nice, like, underdog story in a way with this Yeah, movie. it's really cool. So the film was actually directed by Jared Hess and his wife, Jerusha Hess. Mm-hmm. I hope I said her name right. Yeah, I think you um, right. mm-hmm. And I think what's really neat about this film is this was, this actually started based off a short film that Hess actually made while he was going to uh, college. Uh, he went to BYU, and that's actually where he met John Heder or Heater. A Heater, it's Heater. Oh, Heater, who plays Napoleon Dynamite, and they made this short film called uh, Peluca, which means wig in English. Where it kind of it be it, it's essentially the beginnings of the Napoleon character, except I believe in the short film, his character's name is actually Seth. Right. But it introduces his character and Pedro, and then they have another friend. And, and boy, if you actually like watch um, the original movie and then come back to like the short, it's like, whoo, there's a very drastic change in quality. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, this was shot on, I think I read like 16 millimeter film. I mean, this is extremely short budget. I think they made it for like $500, I read. Wow. But that's really where the character is developed, and this is really where it, where it begins. And when people started seeing this short film, um, he actually um, has had a friend who was like, oh, you should totally make this into like a, a feature full-length movie, and actually tried to help him find investors. And I think when a lot of people saw this film, this short <laughs> film, they're like... No. No, we're not. No. <laughs> There's no way you're going to make a movie based on these characters that anyone is going to want to watch. And I mean, I think that's what's kind of neat about the, the this whole story is it really isn't anything that I think you would think no. if you were told what what that little like movie was about, you'd be like <laughs> Yeah, no. Guys going to a convenience store and then going to a thrift shop and buy a wig. <laughs> like that's what? wow. <laughs> Um, but he ended up getting financed and, you know, made the film for, I think it was like 400K. And my God, what a payday it was. Oh like, my gosh, yeah. Over $40 million. Yeah, I think dollars, it's I think. grossed thus far about, I think I read like $48 million. That's insane. Yeah, that is crazy. But because it was so, he had to make it so cheap, most of the people in it, he knew, or their friends. So, you know, Heater... Did I say that right again? Yeah, Heater, you did it right. Uh, he met him in school. The character of Kip, who's played by... I'm, Aaron Rule. Yeah. He was his friend. He just knew him from, <laughs> from the neighborhood. And he shot it, actually, in Preston, um, Idaho, which is actually where Hess is from. Oh, wow. <laughs> and pretty much everyone in the film are just people that live there. Uh, save for, of course, a couple characters. The John Creese character, which was played by... Um, Oh, I'm sorry, Uncle Rico. Uh, Did you say John Green? John Green is played by Uncle Rico. <laughs> Uncle Rico's real. <laughs> I was going to say that. He hasn't been in a lot of movies. Probably the one film I really, really love him in, John Grease. He was in, um, and I don't even know if you've ever seen it, Real Science with Val Kilmer. Mm. He played the guy that lived in the closet. Uh, uh, Val Kilmer is not he the one that played the awful Batman <laughs> from yeah. uh, Batman and 
not the one Batman of the forever. better Batmans, <laughs> no. but he makes an awesome Doc Holliday. But anyways, so um, oh, hey, that's yeah, pr- probably the only film I really know him from. And then, uh, as you said, Tina. Tina Majorino. Majorino, who she's been in quite a few films. Yeah. Fun, fun fact about her, though, um, a lot of people thought of her as like a dramatic actor, apparently. Yeah, yeah. And so like when she was like, she when she was like, um auditioning for the role she was like she was really excited even though like if she didn't get the part like she was still like happy to like be auditioning to like kind of know what it was like to be at audition for that kind of movie oh interesting because <laughs> that was her first like comedic film that she had ever like done yeah i want to say she's mostly had done dramatic roles previously and she'd been an actor ever since she was a kid if i remember correctly mm-hmm. Um, I can't think of any movies she was she was in prior, but I know I've seen her before. I had seen her before. I'd seen her a lot of stuff. Um, and then probably the only other notable person in the film is um, Diedrich, uh, Diedrich Bader. Bader. I'm probably saying his last name mm. wrong, but he's he's probably most famously known for his role in Office Space. He plays the uh, neighbor <laughs> to uh, the main character in Office Space, and. He just does a really, I mean, his his role is not that big, but it is really hilarious as the owner of the Taekwondo studio. I think it's Rex, Rex. Quan, I think it's Rex Kwondo. Rex Kwondo, that's what it was. I was like, what the yeah. hell was it called? But he does like a really good job. But yeah, I mean, I think that just the fact that, like I said, this film was made for pretty much nothing and... I think it's I think it's very like inspiring in a way to like know that a movie doesn't have to have like these big special effects and this huge yeah. budget to be like a success. Like sometimes you just like a budget doesn't tell you the quality of a movie. Like if, yeah, like if I wouldn't uh, if you were to tell me that like this movie was going to go on to gross like over forty million when it was released and like it was only made with four hundred k, like I'd call you crazy. Yeah. But, you know, it's like, you never know what will happen. You never know what people like. But again, and I think that the, you know, I think the reason that the film did so well and, and has done so well is because it is so, the characters are just so endearing. What happens to them, I think it's just extremely relatable to your point. Like, I think that you can see yourself in these characters a lot. <laughs> I mean, some of the stuff that happens, I mean, it's 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 silly. I think that's... I think that's another, like, huge strong point. Like, not only does it have good characters, but, like, the humor is hilarious. Oh, my gosh. It's outstanding. Yeah, it's great. And this has so many... Quotable lines after, Quotable lines. Oh, my gosh, yes. (laughs) And the wisdom of a man. I think it's one of the Rex Kondo guys says. I don't even remember what he says. But, I mean, right from the very beginning, right, when Napoleon is calling home and he tells Kip he needs his chapstick and Kip is like gets him from the nurse and he's like I'm not gonna borrow hers you sicko <laughs> <laughs> and he's like you know what what is it my lips hurt real bad yeah. <laughs> um, I mean so many quotable lines the you know line when he goes to feed the llama that they have Tina um, right. Tina you fat lord come get some dinner <laughs> You know, it's just, and oh my god, Kip, and Kip is just, like, and that's the thing, every character is really just hilarious. Yes. Kip and Uncle Rico specifically together when they're selling Stuff, the, like the Tupperware, Tupperware set, yeah. and I think one of the funniest parts in the film, at least for me, is when Kip wants to prove how strong the plastic <laughs> bowls are. So, so. They lays it, he lays, what is it, a Tupperware bowl on, like, the road? <laughs> 
And then he drives behind it in a van <laughs> and, boom, and crashes. And, it rips, and he goes like, dang it. And he just like takes off. Like he doesn't even like go back to the view. And I just think that is like so hilarious. Like I would actually love someone to come and do that. <laughs> and like, I don't know if this is insulting, but I just, I like how whiny Kip sounds when things look like, cause he just feels like, jeez, yeah. like, dang it. He's awesome. It's, like, He's awesome. Yeah, it's so good. And Uncle Rico is like living in his like high school glory days, still dreaming about this like I guess football game where he was the quarterback. And things like, didn't go that way. And I think it's the the funniest like, with Pedro is like his interactions with everybody else because like this is one part where he's taking a, a picture like from Deb and she like I don't even know she's like imagine yourself on a and then his. <laughs> His face is like, what the fuck? <laughs> what, what? When he gets really relaxed, yeah. yeah. I mean, he just does such a fantastic job. And, uh, you know, the character of Pedro, you know, he just, he's he's just really funny, too. Um, and I think, like, you really, like, like buy their connection. Like, um, you do. Pedro and Napoleon, like... It's it, you wouldn't think that it would work at first with like you would but like it surprisingly does. I like, think that's <laughs> probably the best thing to say about this film. You really wouldn't think that any of this would work, but it does. It really does because it has this sense of humor about itself. It doesn't take itself too seriously. And it's also sweet. There's this sweetness to it right. too, at least for me, in all of these characters. Like I said, nothing is done to hurt anyone or make anyone, you know, angry. There's these silly little things that kind of happen between Kip and Rico and Napoleon, but there's still kind of that love that you kind of see with the family still. And I, I think it makes a lot of sense that, like, um, you know, Jared picked up people, like, that he already knew and then they were friends with because you can really feel the passion. Right. You can really feel the actors really cared about what they were making in this one. Yeah. Like, they were like, ah, screw it. Let's just make this movie. Let's just try to make it work, you know? Yeah, I and think that's a really good point. And maybe that's why you kind of feel that heart right. in the film. And you do. It's just it's just a very endearing film. I know when I, um, when you know, when it first came out, I think everyone was a little bit like, what? Oh, and what was really interesting about the film is when it first came out or when they first were screening it to audiences, they didn't have a beginning title. Oh. Um, it really just started in right away with Napoleon getting picked up at the bus oh. stop. And audiences were so confused with what year this was. So the film was actually released in 2004. So it actually takes place in 2003. Oh. But the way that Napoleon is dressed, the way that Deb is dressed, kind of the way that everyone is dressed, um, it makes it feel like it takes place in like maybe the 80s or the 90s. Yeah, I can see that. So <laughs> they, they um, ended up making the title sequence of the film just to help people understand that it does take place during... 2004, 2003 yeah. <laughs> um, with the ID card I think of Napoleon and it says there the 2003-2004 sequence so that that actually was just ad-libbed or ad added after the fact um, yeah I don't know what you'd call that like like an ad like an ad-lib of like a title sequence yeah like, title sequence and actually okay. it was all of the uh, Kip the Aaron what's his name Aaron Newell Aaron Newell Aaron Rule Aaron Rule yeah it was all his idea for the sequence to be a person just putting stuff on their desk. Oh, right. Yeah, so... But that was just because audiences were super confused as to what the hell was going on and what time period they were in. I think, like, um, to, if you were to, like... Um, if I were to, like... Someone asked me, like, summarize 
why you should like watch this movie like just in one sense i'd say it's like it's simplistic but it's fun like, yeah i think it's so it's like it's charm it's so charming because it's charming it is simple the characters are simple the world is simple and like in in the way like that simplicity really lets you to relate with them and really allows you to connect with the world yeah. and um like I said, I think that there's definitely something you feel in the film about being awkward or being a little bit different. But again, following your own path and knowing that you have friends that kind of are just the same and that's kind of what makes that special to you know each of you. I, I think that's, that's just what I really love about the film is all of the characters are always true to themselves, always. Um, even when it's silly, <laughs> when yes. it seems, you know, kind of, kind of just silly to do it, they do it, and it's because I think it's what it's who they are, and I just think that's a really neat message to kind of, you know, give to people. And it's like, believe you me, this movie is like a riot. Like you need to. Like, oh my gosh! You need to absolutely see it to understand what we're talking about when we say like this movie is just hilarious from start it is to so finish. Funny. It's just yeah, it is. It is. I don't even know. I think. I mean, I would say in every single segment, there is something funny (laughs) in every single you know part of it uh the 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 time machine sequence is so silly (laughs) um the the whole there's like one scene where it's like just a like some random guy with a cow and he like a bus pulls over oh my gosh he shoots shoots the cow in front of the kids (laughs) it's just like okay and even when like napoleon goes to the chicken farm to make some money (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and he said, I don't even know what that lunch was. but It looked, it looked horrible. It did look horrible. Um, you know, but, and then when he realizes, what did he make? Like, he made like eight bucks. <laughs> it's like a dollar an hour. <laughs> um, and I just think that's why it really kind of has amassed such a large following. And, you know, there's a merchandise now. And it's really become, I think, a part, I think it's become a part of popular culture. Yeah, honestly, yeah. That's... Yeah. And, and if it hasn't yet, I think it deserves to be because it's just oh. such a good movie. And I think it's no. just very... Yeah, I think that everyone, when you see a Vote for Pedro t-shirt, you know exactly where that's coming from, what what that means. I think when you hear Napoleon Dynamite, you see him and... I think know, he, I think even like his voice is like everyone, oh, can, yeah. I, everyone can like totally see it's like that's Napoleon. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And I think that's just really, that's just really great because it really truly is such a great gem of a movie that in all like I said like we've been saying in all honesty if you were told about it you would think this is not going to work and this is going to be terrible but it really really isn't it does work right. um, and to your point I think it has a lot to do with the fact that you know this film this film is made I think with heart especially you know coming from you know Hess and kind of how he you know he talks a little bit about the film being autobiographicals a little bit about him and a little bit about his brothers and a little bit about his hometown right. um of, of preston idaho so we recommend this movie like yes there are quite a bit of movies similar to napoleon dynamite like we have gotten quite a few movies since napoleon and even be- i think even some before where we see like a social outcast teenager and we kind of just kind of go through their life and all that stuff and like some chaos ensues but there are there is no comedy out there that is quite like Napoleon in terms of the style, in yeah. terms of the actors involved, in terms of just the 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 unique comedy that it has in it. Like, yeah, I definitely think that Hess really kind of created his 
his voice as a director in this film. And it carries on through his other films like Nacho Libre, um, which I actually, I mean, I know a lot of people don't care for that film, but we actually yeah, think. Yeah, I think it's really good. It's really good. Um, definitely not as good as Napoleon, but I still do like for it. For sure. And then Gentleman Bronco, which is with Jermaine Clement. But there definitely is a style to his films that I, I definitely think it started with Napoleon Dynamite. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, there's just something kind of neat about it. Yeah. It's very different. And it's like. Similar to kind of how Napoleon is in the movie, like, Hesh really took his style and he made it his own. Like, he, didn't, yeah. he doesn't care what people think about it. And- exactly. And actually, what's really interesting is him and his wife actually made a documentary on Netflix that's currently streaming called Murder Among the Mormons. Murder Among the Oil. <laughs> yeah, and it's a documentary film, um, which is actually really interesting, so you can check it out. But um, just kind of a fun little, like, oh, okay, they made that movie? All right, interesting. <laughs> Um, but I do. I believe that they're they're actually Mormons themselves. So mm. I think that's why they they made the film, and it's actually really interesting to watch. But anyhow, so yeah, just it's just a very simple movie. Like again, like don't take how we're explaining it as like okay, this movie doesn't work. Like it, no, like give it a shot. Like really Absolutely watch, watch it. it. Like it's gonna really surprise you how endearing the characters are, how hilarious the movie is, yes. and just. How much the, just everything flows so well and so naturally yeah. and creates, yeah. in my eyes, like a timeless comedic masterpiece. It, it is. Absolutely. Totally agree. 100%. So you can find uh, Napoleon Dynamite currently streaming on Hulu. It's on YouTube TV. Um, it's on Amazon Prime. And looks like it's on Sling TV if you have a premium subscription. If you don't have any of those, you can always rent it, of course, on Vudu and Google Play. Thanks for listening to the Popcorn and Nacho podcast. And we'll be talking more films you should see ASAP. Mm-hmm.